We appreciate that special music and their time of coming and sharing with us. and uh, That really fits well with what I am preaching about this morning. There's a piece in there that talks about going to the Lord in prayer. That's important for us as Christians to do. I want to read this morning from Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verses 10 through 20 together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. May God bless the reading and the hearing and the understanding of his precious and holy word. Putting on the armor of God. Anita Bridges is a first grade teacher, and she noticed one day a little boy came in and had his shoes on the wrong feet. He had the right shoe on his left, and he had the left shoe on his right. And she noticed that, and she said to the little boy, she said, you have your shoes on the wrong feet. He looked at the teacher and bust out in tears and said, Ms. Bridges, these are the only feet that I have. We wear shoes, don't we, to protect our feet. We wear coats to keep us warm. They function as they should, clothing that we are armored with the kind clothing that we need. We wear clothes for function and fashion. Clothes keep us warm and dry and protect us from uh, hurting ourselves. They also make a statement about who we are and what we're about sometimes, our style and our fashion. All of this and more is what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he's talking about putting on the whole armor of God. The imagery is quite vivid. For Christians are those who are going out in the world and we're fighting against the evil forces. I, I think that all of us would agree this morning that we feel those powers. We feel that pull uh, in the world in which we live in. We find ourselves 
having uh, to need protection against what the world and those fiery arrows that are coming our way. There's a humorous story about a young soldier who was going into his first battle. And as he was getting closer to the front lines, he got scared and he started backing up and backing up some more and backing up some more. And finally, he started running just as hard as he could the other direction. And after he'd been running for some time, he ran into an officer. And the officer pulled out his gun and put it to his head and said, if you make one more move, I'm going to shoot you. And the soldier began to apologize and said, "Uh, Captain, uh, please give me another chance to prove myself. All right, Private, as he took a closer look. But he said, I'm not a captain, I'm a colonel. And the young soldier looked at the officer and apologized. He said, I'm sorry, Colonel. I guess I didn't realize how far I was from the front line. Sometimes we don't even realize we're on the front line, do we? Have you ever felt like you're on that front line as we live today? Thankfully, most of us have never had to fight in a war. And uh, <clears throat> I've had two members of my family, uh, both my grandfather and my dad, World War I and World War II. Both of them have fought in the war. And I've heard those stories, and, and I, I don't know that uh, either one of them ever got past that. And, and they, they still, uh, when they talked about that, they got pretty tearful about that. So it's a very difficult time for those people who fight in the war. But every day of our lives, we are enraged in a war. It's a war of the Spirit. It's a war of hope versus despair, and love versus hatred, and right living versus sinful living. We are on the front line, and sometimes things really get difficult and tough. Paul knew what it was like to be on the front line. As he wrote many of his letters that we have in the New Testament, he was under arrest when he wrote to the believers here at Ephesus. His own words were that he was an ambassador in chains. In other words, his left uh, wrist was chained to the right wrist of another soldier. So he had an uh, up-close look at soldiers. He knew what they were like from head uh, to toe. And so he's describing this and bring in an analogy for us uh, as we read this scripture about what it's like to be clothed as a soldier and how we are to be clothed uh, certainly as Christians. Notice that Paul in verse 12 says, We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Every Christian is in a war. Every Christian has to fight. There are no deferments. There are no exemptions. There are no conscientious objectors in God's army. If you are a Christian, you better get ready uh, to fight that battle that we are all are against, that we are all in God's army if we call ourselves a Christian. Sometimes the problem is that too many of us as soldiers are asleep in our barracks. And many Christians surrender even without even firing a shot. I want to tell you that every one of us, if we are a Christian, we're in a battle, we're in a war today. You may be a deserter, you may be AWOL, 
but you're in a war. You cannot straddle that fence in the war. You cannot be neutral. You either are on one side or the other. The great writer and speaker C.S. Lewis said this, There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. And yet, in spite of all of this, uh, we find that Paul writes a message to the Ephesians that is encouraging and uplifting and tries to make them to be equipped to be able to live out their faith. You see, Paul knew what it was to struggle himself. He was in a fight. Here he was in prison. He wasn't talking about something second-handed. He wasn't talking about what somebody else had told him. He had experienced it personally himself. And he tells us, I think, from the very beginning, in these verses that we've read, he says here, don't give up. Don't give up. There will be times in our life when it seems like that we are losing the war and the battle and there is little reason to keep going. Have you ever been in that place before? Maybe you're in that place this morning. But he tells us to hang in there. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power. There was a gripping article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution recently about Terry Stout who went to his place of work that morning and normally parked down below, but he went on by it. He was, he was sort of a little rushed to get to work, but he said, I'm just going to go on up and I want to see what the sky and what God's universe he's created. I want to see it from a little higher place. And So he went all the way up to the ninth floor, and when he got to the ninth floor, he got out his little uh, briefcase, and he looked over there, and there was a woman on about a two-inch steel beam ready to jump from the ninth floor and take her life. He worked in the business department. He was not a psychiatrist. But he knew the Lord. And he walked over to the lady and he says, Hey, can I help? And she was distraught. And she said, Well, she said, I just want to be with Jesus. She said, I'm confused, I've committed sins, and never uh, did I do anything right. And Terry listened to her, and he talked to her about God and His forgiveness and the possibility of enjoying peace and happiness if she would put her faith in God. As they talked, a crowd began to gather, and among the newcomers was a psychiatrist who joined Terry in speaking quietly to the girl. But the doctor's approach was from psychiatry. Terry's approach was from a Christian. She wanted to hear what God had to say. So Terry did most of the talking. He offered her a pen that he had on his lapel, which says, there's hope. It was a gift from him to her. He told her that Jesus would help her through any troubles that she had and that if she would just come off the ledge that they would pray together. Hesitantly, she backed off the ledge 
And as she did, people began to crowd in and Terry motioned for them back again. And he asked everyone that was there to see this to just take a knee and to bow. And he had a prayer with her. And she's doing pretty good today as a result of her newfound faith in both Terry and this lady wear their pen that says, there's hope. There is hope through Jesus Christ. And he tells us in this passage, for people who were discouraged and people who were ready to quit and they were ready just to give up on life, they were just sick and tired of it, they were burnt out with life, so many of them, and, and I'm sure at times Paul was. He says, take on the power of God in your life. Secondly, he says that piece that we've been talking about, put on the whole armor of God. Note that St. Paul says that it's the whole armor, not just a little piece of that, or uh, maybe I'll put on some here and a little there and, and try to patch it together. But no, he says, put on the whole armor of God. Ron was serving in the volunteer fire department in the local area in which he lived. He oftentimes would go out on calls and he and others who were going out on the calls, they would wear their protective gear. They often had to remind each other that they needed to put on that full gear because they never knew what they were going to encounter on this one particular time. It was not a sort of a four-alarm building fire that they were going to, but rather it was a fire that was occurring in a car. But that particular day, they put on all of their protective garments. And they went out there, and with water and a foam, they began uh, to try to put out the fire. And all of a sudden, uh, the automobile exploded, and debris went everywhere. But none of them were hurt because they had on their protective garments that day that prevented them from being seriously injured. Flaming debris flew in their faces, but neither of them was hurt. We know that if you're a firefighter, it's a very dangerous line of work. We have many people in our church that do that. Requiring that you trust your life to friends and protective gear. And it demands every ounce of strength and endurance that you can muster up. You already have a job like that, even if you're not a firefighter. And it's called Christian living. We're all involved in that. Ron is a Christian as well as a firefighter. And he draws a wonderful parallel between firefighting and everyday living. He says that even though we know that we should wear the armor of God to protect us against the debris in the world, we sometimes don't. Sometimes we're just too lazy or too busy. But... If Ron fails to wear his protective gear when fighting a fire sooner or later, he will be hurt. He says the same is true in our life, in our Christian living. If we don't have the protective gear that we need that, that Paul is talking about here in Ephesians 6, then we're going to get hurt and we're going to get hurt terribly, sometimes beyond repair. So we find Paul tells Christians, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that day the evil. 
And Paul describes armor, first of all, as, as that belt of truth. Remember that Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. In fact, uh, that is the core of our Christian belief, truth and honesty. He goes on to say that uh, there is the breastplate of righteousness. We should have righteous living in our lives each and every day. If we're going to be victorious in our Christian walk, then we need to have righteous living, he says. And then he goes on to talk about shoes on your feet, which signifies your readiness to go into the world that we live in and not be stationary, but always moving forth. That we need to be wearing out the soles of our shoes as we share the gospel all over the world for everybody. And he talks about the shield of faith. It's one of the most important uh, pieces of equipment that we need for protection. It helps us to be able to deal with the challenges that we face every day, sometimes tremendous challenges, challenges that we never anticipated, that we need that shield of faith. And then he talks about putting on the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You may know how important that helmet is as uh, people who ride motorcycles and other uh, moving things with, that are not protected, that it's important to put on that helmet. And if you've ever seen anybody be in an accident, I've seen it happen a couple times, people who are riding motorcycles in accidents, without that helmet, oftentimes we find they would lose their life. But it protects our head and our brain. It's the helmet of salvation uh, that is our ultimate protection. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we know uh, that in that day, according to scholars, when the Word of God is used in the New Testament, it doesn't just refer to the Scriptures. After all, those sacred writings were not gathered into a collection we know as a Bible until much later. Generally, the Word of God also refers to the Word that He gives to the people to speak on His behalf. Poet Mayo Angelo recalls the struggles of her grandmother living through the Great Depression. She remembers a lot of things about her grandmother's wisdom and her stature. But she said her grandmother's faith was what she remembers the most. Clasping her hands behind her back, her grandmother would look up into the sky and say, I will step out on the Word of God. When she faced mountainous burdens, her grandmother would face the sky and say, I step out on the Word of God. And because of her grandmother, she grew up knowing that the Word of God had power in her life. God gives us spiritual armor to protect us from the evils of our daily living. He gives us truth and righteousness and willingness to speak up for Christ and our faith. But we find there's one other thing that is talked about there in the Scriptures that we've read together. It talks about prayer. Oh, we've heard about prayer. We don't know a day we haven't heard about prayer. We have a prayer list every Sunday on the back of our bulletins. We call one another up and we ask folks to pray for us. We send text messages and email messages and we want folks to pray for us, particularly if we have a dreaded, terrible illness. Please pray for me. 
the number one thing, I mean, it's just overwhelming. And I ask people, what can we do to help you? Almost inevitably, somebody will say, well, I don't know anything else you can do, but would you pray for me? We know what that word prayer means. It is a weapon that Paul says we need to use. I wonder as we think about prayer, how much time have you spent in prayer this past week? How many minutes? How many hours have you spent in prayer? We all agree that prayer is a powerful weapon. But if we really believe that, we'll utilize it, won't we? I wonder with the challenges that you face this week, and I assume every single person that hears my voice this morning has great challenges. Do we spend more time worrying about our challenges, our difficulties? Do we spend more time talking about it to somebody else? Or do we actually go to God in prayer with it? That He would hear us and understand us. When we find ourselves in the midst of what seems like an impossible situation, when nothing is seemingly going right, when we can call on God knowing that He truly hears our prayers. Do you believe that? Do you believe He not only hears our prayers, but He answers our prayers? Paul urged his believers to pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. And when we pray to God, it keeps us in constant communication with our Creator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's disturbing how many of us give lip service to prayer. But really, we don't trust our prayers to be heard or answered. A missionary received a letter from a little girl in a Sunday school class. They were writing letters uh, to foreign missionaries one day in their Sunday school class. And the teacher says, now, as you write these, she said, it's possible uh, that they're not going to respond to your letters because they're busy. One little girl wrote, Dear Reverend Smith, we are praying for you. We are not expecting an answer. Without realizing it, this little girl summed up prayer for many of us as Christians. Most of us aren't surprised when our prayers are not answered. We're surprised when they are. And sometimes, we don't even recognize when God answers our prayers. Have you ever prayed a prayer? Been earnest and sincere about it? And never expected God to answer it? And to tell you the truth, this morning you may be saying, I don't know whether He did or not. That's sad, isn't it? We need to pray to God and we need to expect that He's going to answer our prayers. Now, He doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want Him to answer them. But it's important that we do that. That prayer is a powerful weapon. 
when we pray for each other, we create a community of faith. That is why Paul wanted people to pray for him while he was in prison. I'm sure he felt the comfort of people's prayers. He felt the Spirit of God. Have you ever had people to pray for you? And you felt the presence of God as you walked through maybe a very difficult time in your life or maybe it was a a really important decision that you were trying to reach and you were struggling with how uh, to go forward. And you said to maybe somebody privately or a friend or two, would you pray with me? Would you be partners with me in prayer as I go through this difficult time? When people get particularly sick, you hear that. And God doesn't always heal that person. We know that to be the truth. But I do believe this. I've seen this happen time and time again. People who were completely distraught, entirely emotional, had completely lost it emotionally and mentally and spiritually through the prayers of others that God gave them a calm and a peace in their heart to endure what they had to go through. So I believe that God is that present help in time of trouble as we pray to Him about one another. We live in difficult times. Christian beliefs and values are constantly being questioned and disregarded. We are on the front lines. We need Paul's words more than ever. But if we'll suit up with the armor of God, we will be better prepared to face those fiery arrows that are shot our way. My friends, we are on the front lines. This morning, we do have more challenges than I can ever remember. We need God more today than we've ever needed Him. And often we find ourselves, instead of turning to God and being equipped by God to face the challenges of the day, we find ourselves turning to the world and thinking the world is going to be able to answer the problems that exist in our life. Hasn't worked for me. I don't know about you. But doing what Paul has told us to do and resting in the Lord will get us through. You see, the battle Paul described can only be won by the entire community of faith. Working together, we are less likely to give up. Don't you need support? Is there a person here this morning that doesn't need some support? Is there one here that listens to my voice that doesn't need folks praying for them? That if I said, do you have a concern that you would like for us to pray for this morning? Is there one here that wouldn't lift their hand? Only as we come together 
Are we reminded how powerful we can be to put on God's protective gear, especially we find uh, these things that he talks about here in Ephesians, and that we pray that God would be gracious to us to be able to wear that gear, to be able to be founded in His Spirit and His Word, and that He would help us to walk in the path that we should go. We all have a different journey we have to take. And yet, we are unified in taking that journey with Jesus Christ, who gives us direction and discernment about how we should move. We are assured that God hears our prayers, aren't we? And that He walks with us in the midst of our struggles. Amen and amen. May God bless you on this day. I hope that as you come this morning, uh, that you haven't given up on life. That you're not so discouraged by all that's going on in the world and in your own personal life and maybe even in your business life, uh, the family life in which you may be struggling, that you just want to give up. Don't give up. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Put on that pen, there's hope. Because there is, as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Would you please stand as we have a closing word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these dear people who are here today that are able to come seeking your truth. We ask, O oh Lord, that as we come, uh, that we come as your ambassadors. We know that we have failed and failed miserably so often in our own life. But we pray, Lord, you'd forgive us. And where we've made mistakes, that you'd wipe the slate clean. Give us a new day fresh new experience to be able to live in and through you. Help us, O oh Lord, that as we look at our own lives, that uh, we would put on your protection, that we would be people who would be faithful in season, out of season, with our own prayer life. May we not just give lip service to what we should be, but may we put on the right clothing to be able to live effective lives. Bless us as we move forward, for us in the name of Christ our Lord, we make this prayer. Amen.